And what I want us to do as the church is to pray into the situation. It's a horrible thing that's happened. There's no denying that, but our God is an incredible God. So let's pray for peace in this moment that God's glory would be revealed, uh, that God really would show up in the lives of, uh, in this moment, this tragic moment. Um, So why don't we pray for a couple of minutes and then I'll wrap up with a prayer. Cool. God, I pray that you would be with every single person that has been influenced by this event, God. I pray that your absolute peace that uh, is above and beyond any understanding we have would cover the situation, God. Lord, and I pray that justice, a righteous justice would come uh, that needs to be dealt in this situation, Lord, that would come. Father, we pray peace upon the family's influence affected and upon anyone who is influenced by this situation, your absolute peace, God. And we lift this up to you, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. It's good to pray as the church, eh? As the church. Hey, well, I want to welcome you. Tonight, it's awesome to see you. Youth, you guys are looking good. They all... They always look good. Young adults, you're looking better. Uh, it's awesome. Hey, it's awesome to see you all here tonight. I hope you're doing well. How are you going? Great. Great. Good. Cool.
If, uh, if this is your first time or uh, you'd consider yourself a visitor here tonight, uh, over here in the back corner we've got these white bags and hey, we'd love to chat with you afterwards uh, if you are new because we'd love to meet you, I'd love to meet you and I'd love you to know a little about who we are as Activate Church. So if it is your first or second time, welcome. I hope you have an awesome service, awesome gathering. Uh, and Church One, would you give them a good clap? Why don't you come share about something we've got coming up? Luke's going to promote something very heavily for youth right now. This is a church-wide highlight, Peter. Thank you very much. So not allowed to do notices for ministry, so this is a highlight for the church. So we've got the Oscars coming on, coming up. Hello. Um, and so I'll tell you a little bit about it. And it is open to the whole church, so I'm not actually just making a joke. We open up for the whole church. The Oscars is about celebrating what God has done uh, in youth this year. And so it's a great night. We dress up, have a whole lot of fun. It's at Hoyt Cinema. Um, and so we book out a theatre. We have a big PowerPoint, videos. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, and it's for everybody that, that has been involved, but also the wider church. Um, one of the awards, one of my favourite awards, is called the uh, Old Timer Award. And uh, we give that to somebody that has volunteered or helped out uh, in youth ministry that's not like a youth leader or something. And uh, so if, if you're old and you're helped out, um, make sure you're there because you might win an award. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. So it's 25 bucks if you pay before the uh, 29th of November and you get to watch the Hunger Games third one part two or something. Um, it's all confusing numbers wise, but the last one that they're ever making is uh, we'll be playing, we'll be watching together. So it'll be a whole lot of fun, so come register. Uh, we've sold 80 tickets already and we do sell out, so you do need to get in quick. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, make sure there. Go, come see Luke after the gathering and sign yourself up. Cool. Hey, have we had any uh, birthdays or anniversaries? Oh, awesome. Hey, and I know there's been a, a few uni students. Um, so has anyone got their exam results back and they've been really good? If you've got a degree, come up, please. We want to celebrate that with you. Not a, not a degree overall. I don't know Nash up there. Here he comes. Guys, grab a chocolate. Grab one. Awesome. So, Nicole, what do you have a degree in? I have a Bachelor of Arts, double major in Music and Accounting, and a Graduate Certificate in Human Development. <laughs> that sounds really useful. Awesome. No, I, I heard the accounting. I heard the accounting in there, so that's an awesome job. What do you have a degree in, Nash? Bachelor of Business Analysis, majoring in Finance and Accounting. Yeah. <laughs> well, could you have a look at my um, personal finances afterwards? They're not looking that flash. They've never flashed. Mean, hey, why don't we stand um, as a church and we're just going to bless these guys. We're going to pray over them. And Stephen, how old are you, may I ask? I'm 23. Whoa, happy birthday. Hey, why don't we pray this and really bless these guys. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour and prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Hey, I have the privilege and the pleasure of uh, rapping on one of my life group leaders, Wayne Duckett. He's coming to share communion with us tonight. Come up. Wayne and Tina lead an awesome life group and it's a, a real privilege to have you lead us around communion tonight. Hello church, how's it going? Thank you people handing out communion, thank you very much. So yesterday, yesterday I, um, I went mountain biking with my wife and my friends and we went down to Mangakino and we mountain biked from the Mangakino through to, oh thank you, through to the Waipapa Dam and back and beautiful country, really quite rugged and uh, really isolated. We saw two people. So we were out for four hours, and so we left, I don't know what time, half past 10, we got back, you know, sort of middle of the afternoon, and uh, it was just amazing. It was just so awesome to be in God's awesome country, beautiful country, and, you know, huffing and puffing and sweating like a pig, but it was, it was really good for us. And then I get back, and we, we sit down, we have a coffee and whatnot, and I flick on my phone, and I thought, oh, I wonder what the world's doing. And you know what I saw, don't you? And I was just like, what? And I read out to my friends about what's going on in Paris. And, you know, the first thought that comes into my mind is, God, why did you make man so faulty? You know, it just, it was, you know, this sort of thing, I have been reminded also that this sort of thing doesn't, it's not that isolated. You know, what's going on in Iraq, Syria, Sudan, Kenya, there's mass murders and, and absolute horrific things going on around the world. And I just think, God, you know, it's just, man can, I listed a few things down this afternoon, I thought, you know, man can be cruel, nasty, vicious, malicious, murderous, bloodthirsty, vindictive, evil. There's that side of mankind, but on the other side, mankind can be so loving and generous and kind-hearted and compassionate and caring and supportive and pure. And I believe that. I believe there are people that are pure. That we're not all just like this. You know? And what happened in Paris, it's just, it's devastating. And we come, today we come around the communion, the communion table and, and, you know, there's so many emotions that could be going through. If I interviewed a bunch of people here tonight and asked them, what are your, how did you feel when you heard about what's going on in Paris, you watched the news, you saw what's going on. And I'm sure we get a, a whole variety of different things. People might feel anxious, fearful, sick, um, you know, but God's already wiped out the earth. He's already wiped out mankind once with Noah, you know, because he saw that he made mankind and sin came into the world and they got a bit carried away and he thought, enough. And he bought the flood and he wiped out mankind. And then he said, nah, the rainbow is a reminder, I'm never going to do this again. He's given us free will. He's given us a choices we can make. We can make whatever choices we are. He doesn't intervene in those choices, but He's given us the Word of God. He's given His, His Bible of the way He wants us to, to live our life. And then He sent His Son, Jesus, because He needed to seal the deal, because we couldn't do it on our own. Our human nature, our carnal nature, is such that it's wicked. And parts of mankind can do the things that we saw in Paris yesterday. And, but God still loves the world. He still loves us. That's why He sent Jesus, because He loves us. He loves every part of us. And all you guys here tonight, you've made a choice to be here tonight because you love God. And you want, or you want to know about God. You may not know God, but you want to know about Him. 
And He's, He wants to know you. He knows you. And I'm saying He wants a relationship with you. That's what I mean by when I say He wants to know you. He wants a relationship. He wants to know you intimately and personally. And He wants you to converse with Him and talk with Him. And He wants to be there to comfort you, to be compassionate to you, to take away your fears. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of love. Oh, I've lost my word. Sorry. Didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a love, power, love, and self-discipline. And God loves us. And He's got a hope and He's got a plan for us. And the last thing He wants is us to lose hope, to see what's going on in the world, what's going on in Syria, what's going on in Paris. He wants us to rise up as people, as His people, and show love and to show compassion and not to be vindictive and not to be those that go and retaliate. He wants us to do it through love, through Him. And tonight, as we come to the communion table, He wants to remind us that He sent His Son. You know, we, we think of those ones that are in Paris now, the ones that have lost their family, their friends, their wives, their kids, their brothers, their sisters, and what the, how horrific that must be for them. But look how horrific it must have been for God to let Jesus go on the cross because he had a brutal death it wasn't just you know boom a bullet in the head and he's gone they tortured him they brutalized him they just they slaughtered him they hung him up there and they strung him up to die in a really cruel mean way they shoved a spear on his side they this is the son of god god let that happen so that we could come into a relationship with him that we can be connected with him so that we do have hope and he wants us to know tonight that he loves us we come to this table tonight. We come in here to say, hey, God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you, God, that you've made a way that we can have that life that you've created us for. Because he, he's got an amazing life for every single one of us here. And he doesn't want us to be fearful. He doesn't want us to be angry. He doesn't want us to be sad and, and hurt in such a way that it's going to stop us from doing those things and stop us from being free. He came to set the captives free. Jesus said that, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26, the Lord Jesus, this is Jesus himself, the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he gave thanks, he broke and he said, this is my body. This resembles my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and he said, this symbolizes the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. The Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. He died to give us a life and a life abundantly. But he said, I'm coming back. Like the Terminator, I'll be back. I'll be back. Jesus said, he might not have said it like that, but he said he will be back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And that is a promise. And will it be in my lifetime? I don't know. None of us knows. Will it be in Luke's lifetime? He's quite young. Um, Who knows? Um, But he said he'll be back and he'll be back for us. Our life, he wants us to have eternal life. This, This life on earth is temporary. It's an eternal life. He wants us in heaven with him. He wants us with him forever. And this life that we've got here is just temporary, but He wants us to live it victoriously. He wants us to live it with great abundance. He wants us to live it with freedom and hope and love. And love conquers everything, you know? It's all about choices. And those guys that did those atrocities yesterday, they had choices. And they've made choices that we all agree are wrong. 
but it's our choice. Do we take this bread tonight just out of, because that's what we do on Sunday? Or do we take this bread because we really mean it, God? We really mean it, God. We, we need you, Jesus. We need you in our life more. We see what's going on in the world and it's like, horrific and God, man, we need you. When we drink this cup and we think of the blood that was spilled, Jesus' blood, do we just take it flippantly or tonight do we go, Jesus, I thank you so, so much that you've come and you, and you laid down your life that we could have life. So let's, let's bow our heads and let's take the bread in our hand. And God, we just thank you, Jesus, for what you did. We can't understand what you've gone through what you went through. God, we can't understand how you felt as Heavenly Father when you let your Son do this for us. But Lord, right now we take this bread and we just thank you for your Son's body that was broken for us. 2,000 years ago, you you knew we were coming. You created us now and you've given us hope and you've given us life abundantly. So right now, Lord, we just take this bread in remembrance of you, Jesus. Let's take the bread. Jesus, I just, we just hold this cup tonight. This is red juice, God, but it symbolises your blood that was spilled. Blood equals life. Your life was drained out of your body. Your blood was spilled that we may have life and life abundantly, that we may have a connection with Almighty God forever and ever, so long as we choose to have it. So Lord, tonight we choose to take this cup and honour you. We choose, Lord, to say, Jesus, thank you so much. God, thank you so much that we have a life with you. And we take this now in Jesus' name. I just want to leave this, leave tonight with a thought of, you know, we've all got choices. Let's make the right ones. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Wayne. Why don't we stand as we continue in our worship?
Shout a praise to him. 
Yes, Lord. You are a good Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. So you are a good God. you will never leave us nor forsake us.
there's this incredible thought that God is here now. We began by singing, God, do what you want. We surrendered ourselves, we submitted ourselves before God. And now we're singing, we're realizing that God is here right now. And I just want you to take a moment as just the guitar plays. Just to become aware of His presence right now. you are here right now. Our hearts are open before you. Holy Spirit, speak in clarity. Speak in truth. I pray that you would challenge us here tonight. We're not here just because we're here for a purpose and a reason. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak into our lives exactly where we are, exactly what we need to hear tonight. We're going to continue on this song for a moment. We're going to build it back up. and Then we're going to go into Great Are You, Lord. You see, we started by surrendering ourselves to God and saying, you do what you want to do here tonight. And now we're acknowledging that God is here. So the natural point for me is to go, cool. Then we're going to praise God for who He is, that He would make Himself present here tonight. So we're going to continue singing here now, and then sing and praise our great God. Thanks, Aaron.
King of all kings, Lord of all lords, the mighty one. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. You are life. You are life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is
But God, we stand here, Lord, in your presence. Lord, declaring that you're God. But God, declaring that you're almighty. Lord, you're our Saviour. Lord, our, our very breath is from you. But it comes back to you in our thanks. Our thanks for your love. Our, our thanks for no matter what we're going through. Lord, you are there in the midst to walk alongside us, to carry us, to be our helper. Lord, my, my prayer is as we open your word, Lord, together, is that you would be honored this evening. Lord, we would learn more about your truth and Lord, it would be saying that we would apply to our lives that would bring you glory each and every single day. So Lord, we just pray every wall would come down. Every preconceived mindset would leave. And Lord, we would experience, we would realize your truth that we need to hear this evening and apply. And so God, we thank you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How are we doing, church? Good. Hey, wasn't the band awesome? Very good. Um, Aram, can you come down here? Bro, you're good. You're real good. Bro, your skills are just... Like, honestly, when you were leading, it was so good. And uh, I just really, really just want to encourage you by saying you got mad skills. Cool? Cheers. Cheers, mate. Sit down. What a guy. All right. Cool. How are you all doing? Oh, Aram, can you come down again, sorry? Bro, God's got a gift on your life. God, uh, your worship is actually a gift from God that he preordained uh, for you when, when God was placing, uh, when God was imagining Aram. He was like, man, I've got such an incredible gift to l- put inside you to lead others into the presence. And it's because of what Jesus did at the cross that that is possible. And, uh, you know, you got skills. I talked about that, but it's actually God inside you doing something incredible. Cool. Who, who agrees with that? Okay. All of that is true, but which one was more encouraging? Well, when you say my skills, you're saying that I'm good. Yeah. But when you're saying God within me, then that means I don't have to work for that really. Mean. It's God given. Yeah. So that's what I'm speaking on tonight. The distant difference between boasting in someone and boasting in God. And so thank you for being my example there. I thought that was a. So, I um. Oh hi, I'm Luke Ferber. Thank you. I just do the introductions that you need to do. So I'm Luke. Uh, I lead youth here. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, so excited. Definitely the best looking bunch at this church. 
<laughs> so convinced. So convinced. Um, yeah, so I love, I love leading youth. It is such an honor and a privilege to do, do so. And, and we've had an incredible year. Um, just over the last three weeks, we've seen healings um, and we've seen youth um, encountering God in a real, uh, like practical, real way in our life groups. And so I praise God for that. He's really doing something uh, in the hearts of, of our young people of this church. And it's really exciting to see. So I've been at this church um, like 11 years now. And uh, I know, it's a long time. And no, I'm not that old. Um, you look at Owen. Um, <laughs> uh, Ray, Ray's not here, so it's like, who do you pick on with the old joke? And so, with some, but anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I've been here ages, and I'm really excited for where this church is going and uh, the future that it's got. Um, and I really believe God's got awesome things for us as a church. And as a church this year, we've been looking into the theme of, everyone say together, goodness. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been really cool. We're just hearing testimonies of people uh, sharing God's goodness in the community and, and just God doing awesome things. And Vona shared an awesome testimony about giving a car away. Well, I was just like, my mind was blowing at that. And I'm like, Man, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you can give your motorbike away, Owen. No. <laughs> Anyways, but really, it's about God speaking to you and you outworking goodness. And just the testimonies we've seen around people stepping out, praying for people for healing. It's been really incredible. And so part of the uh, series for our church of goodness is all the people that have been preaching have been doing their own series. So Sheridan's been doing Ephesians and Pastor Ray's been doing um, Philippians. And I've been doing a, a series a little bit different called Proud to Be. And uh, I really had a sense at the start of the year that, you know, as Christians, we're not that proud to be Christians. Um, quite often that's because we look at the world and and there's some some religious nutcases and you're like no I don't I don't really want to be in that box and so yeah I'll do my whole church stuff my church is cool but I don't really want to be out there with those ones and I just really had the sense that God actually wants us to be proud to be called his church to be pr- that we should be proud to say that we're a part of it and um, and Christians throughout the centuries uh, have brought goodness to our world in incredible ways. You look at most of our hospitals and schools. Uh, you look at our social uh, programs that we've got, even running from this church in our community. I've, I, was, um, I was having a chat with a guy that's just come on board with uh, Community Link and uh, Teen Link. He's, he's an awesome guy. And uh, we were having this chat about what would, what would Hamilton, like just Hamilton, what would Hamilton look like if all of the churches stopped or all of the Christian organizations stopped all of their social programs? Uh, so we've got a few here. So we've got um, Teen Link, which is government-funded social, uh, social mentoring, which is awesome. I love it. What if we stopped that? And what if the other ridiculous amount, there is so many great programs in our city. What if the Salvation Army stopped everything that they were doing? What if the Anglicans stopped doing what they were doing? What if all of the Christian organizations just goes, yeah, nah. What would our city look like? And we're beginning 
to just go, and it was just bringing the realisation that, that the church, our church, but that church is actually so alive in our community. And it's something that we need to not back away from, that we need to be proud of. I'm proud that I belong to a church that has a whole uh, organisation that is out there to influence the community. And we should be proud of that. And uh, so that's really what I wanted to to speak on for the year. And uh, I've got my saying, which is... Yeah, thanks, Nicole. (laughs) It's like everyone hears it through my messages. Nicole's like, every day. Every day. So if you're not leading culture, culture is leading you. The fact is wherever you go, is school, home, uh, work, uh, uni, there is an established culture. Culture is also always shifting. And we have the choice as Christians to either just go, well, just the choice of humans, to either sit there and just let that dictate to us whatever uh, the culture is and we just step into line and follow along. Or... We have the choice to go into a space and to lead it. Um, And it doesn't mean that you radicalize it and change it and like, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. But just bringing God's values into it, uh, just to move it and steer it uh, towards God's good and God's love and goodness. And so I hope that um, that's encouraged you this year. Um, that little saying, because I know it's kind of it's kind of put my mind in terms of when I find myself in a place, how I'm conducting who I am. Um, Romans 12 has kind of been my base scripture where I've based the series off. And um, in Romans 12, 1 to 2 in the Message Bible, it says this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. And take your... Uh, everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. And so I started out um, with probably one of my favorite people to look at in history. Um, and two reasons. Firstly, uh, he land, did something incredible in our world. And he's known, doesn't matter if you're Christian, non-Christian, whoever, you will probably know his name. Um, but also he was in politics, and I love politics. Um, th- those that know me, just like, if you get me starting talking about politics, you're like there for half an hour. Um, so I love it. And that is William Wilberforce. And uh, he was a person that committed his life or uh, the, the, a big portion of his life to abolishing the slave trade and successfully did that uh, a couple of days before he died, uh, which is an incredible uh, feat that someone put so much, life, uh, so much of their life to a cause for God and to bring goodness um, that we still feel the effects of today. Um, And he was a full Bible, Holy Spirit-believing Christian. And one side fact that I didn't talk about is in the movie, um, New Zealand is actually affected by his group of people quite strongly. Is uh, Samuel Marsden, who was the first missionary to New Zealand, um, one of the guys on his team was actually on William Wilberforce's team. And it's this really interesting dynamic that um, coming on, we could have had a really different history in New Zealand. Um, it could have potentially meant Māori became slaves. Um, but because of this radical movement of William Wilberforce and 
this great culture that I, I know the whole thing wasn't done perfectly, right? But it was done a whole lot better than a whole lot of other countries. And uh, we can probably put a lot of that down to William Wilberforce and his team, which is quite cool um, that a Christian making a decision back then actually affects us um, today in such a, such a huge way. Um, and so the thought um, that I brought from that was, you change the world by changing where you are, not by changing where you are not. I think it's super easy as, a, as Christians to go, man, I really want there to change. That country in Africa, that should change. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to pray hard. I'm going to pray every day. And I just believe God's going to change that country. That's good. And you should be praying. And you, if something's on your heart, you should be. But God hasn't called us to just sit and wait uh, for God to use us. To eventually, when you get called to go, God, you know, God's doing that. He'll call you to a place. But right now, where you are, God's calling you to that place too. And so William Wilberforce worked at where he was, and where he was was Parliament, and that could change an area. So where do you find yourself? Where you find yourself right now, and are you actively looking at changing at leading culture, at bringing God's goodness to there? Or are you there waiting for the big dream that God's got for you in 10, 20 years time? Waiting for action? Because what if God's wanting you to move in the small steps now before he puts you in a place for that big dream of changing something huge later on? Maybe it's a nation but you're too scared to step out and to put uh, legs to your faith and your work or your school or your family, to have those conversations with your friends that you know God's wanting to, but it's not the big dream. And I know that challenges uh, me. The second one was Dan Bowman. Who, who remembers me talking about Dan Bowman? Great. A few hands. That's awesome. Dan Bowman um, was, in, was another awesome, awesome guy. And, and I really felt that God wanted me to talk about intimacy. So I'm like trying to find a Christian that talks about intimacy. And so I found Dan Bowman and I read his story. And his story is really quite remarkable, was that he went over to Iran and uh, volunteered or worked in an eye hospital. And eventually he was arrested and put into jail. And uh, he got two death penalties on his head. And uh, he thought he was going to die. He was like, man, I'm surely going to die. They were one for being a spy, which he wasn't, and another one for being a missionary, which he kind of was. Um, but through remarkable circumstances, it was free. He was freed and he got back home and, and now travels around the world telling his story. But it was what God did. Uh, in the prison is Dan Bowman was actually so um, so heartbroken going through such hard times in the prison that he tried to end his own life and God came in and met him and it just changed his whole world. He, he was already a Christian but things were just going so hard and just the supernatural power of God came in and God met him. And uh, if you weren't here for that message and want to hear his story, just um, YouTube Dan Bowman and you can hear his story. It's incredible. But here's the saying. Everything we do will be an overflow 
sorry, everything we do with God will be the overflow of the intimacy we have with God. Everything we do with God will be from the overflow of the intimacy we have with God. One thing that's really important, if we're going to bring goodness to our, to our world, our communities, and all of that stuff, is we've got to have intimacy with God. It's not about just going out and just doing stuff, just talking to everybody, just doing this, doing that. I love the testimonies that have been coming uh, recently. And so there's one of, Riss Moore shared a testimony about healing at our life groups. And it was her hearing from God. And she wouldn't be hearing from God if there wasn't an intimacy right there that she'd been creating. And Vona's got the same story about a car. God spoke to her about going and talking to someone. That's an intimacy with God that God uses to outwork His goodness. I put an alarm on my um, on my watch. I was just trying to cancel it to know when to wrap up, but I'm going to get moving. Um, the next one was the Nobel Peace Prize, and it wasn't really a person, rather a group of people. And the statistics are really crazy. Uh, if you look, you search Christians that have won the Nobel Prize. And so uh, the Nobel Peace Prize is the most well-known one, but there's actually um, quite a few categories. And all of the categories except one, Christians are over 50, sorry, over 50% of that Nobel Peace Prize. Christians have won about 78% uh, of the award. And uh, only literacy and uh, Christians are at a, like 48% or something. And so it's crazy when you look at that being recognized by not like Christian standard, but just being honored for what they're doing in this world is that Christians are making a mark and making a difference and bringing goodness. And the idea was that is that the Holy Spirit is our helper, is that the church and Christians are unique from the rest of the world, is that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us helping. So I would expect with the God that created the universe, the God that uh, loved us so much, He sent His Son to die on across, that we would be getting awards for changing the world. That would be my expectation. Then uh, last time I spoke on Lecrae, who likes Lecrae, has, there, has anyone started listening to Lecrae since that message? Okay, I didn't do anything for his sales, but that's Okay. So Lecrae's a, uh, a rapper in the U.S., and uh, I really love his music. I generally think most uh, Christian music uh, is generally quite cheesy, but his is really good. And to be fair, if you were to go to Lecrae, I've heard um, someone ask him this. I, I've heard him say it in person when he was at Parachute. How does it feel to be a Christian uh, rapper? And he just shoots them down real quickly, um, saying there's, there's no such thing as Christian music because a Christian is a perfect and saying to do with English and nouns and verbs or something that I didn't really understand. Uh, there'd be Christians that perform music, but the music itself can't be Christian or something. He used fancy English titles to describe it. It was a good thought, but it kind of went over my head. Um, 
But he's in a place where he's, he's set apart from the world and his values and what he sings about, what he talks about. But he's not separate from the world and the fact that he's making really cheesy Christian music for the church and he's got no influence on culture. And I have a real strong belief that as the church, we have arts. I am not creative, artistic, I cannot sing, I cannot rap, I can dance quite well, uh, but I won't show you. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, anyways, moving on. Now, if anyone wants to substitute in for me for my first dance at the wedding, uh, we'll be taking auditions soon. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Practices are shortly. Um, Anyway, moving on. But, he, but he's so uh, set apart in terms of what he sings about. You won't find any songs about drugs are good or the ladies are good or the money is good. But he will talk about life. He will sing about life that doesn't matter if you're Christian or non-Christian, you can relate to the struggles he's gone through. And he's put himself in a very unique place where he can sing about God and his love, but it can be relevant. He can talk about what it means to be free in God, and it can speak to the hearts and the lives of people. And I really believe that if you're a musician, that's probably what we need more of. It's people that are going to say, man, I'll sing at church. I'll use my gift for the church. But actually, how has God called me to use my gift outside of the church Uh, to present God in a creative and a different way that reaches to non-Christians. And uh, so that's a challenge there. Over the next few weeks, I really wanted to talk about some businessmen that have made uh, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and have sewed it back into the church or sewed it into communities and changed the world. But unfortunately, we don't have time. And we'll talk about the doctors who have gone out of their way uh, to travel to third world countries to bring their skills, to bring goodness that way. Because there's so many stories. At the start, when I was going, man, what should the series look like? How, how should it work? I was really torn between um, honoring man and honoring God. It's because... It's really important to say that Christians are doing a whole lot, but I really, and I hope my heart was, is, I hope you guys heard my heart and that wasn't um, putting these men or women up on a pedestal, but it was actually honoring what God's doing in and through people. And boasting in God is a lot about that. And as I, as I was praying, going, man, how should I wrap this series up? How should, how should I bring this all to a close? And just the verse about um, do not boast in yourself, but boast in the Lord really popped in mind. And uh, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. But that's like, that's not like some deep kind of we finish on like everyone's like just massively on the the floor crying. Like that's not a big. And, And God kind of just spoke to me tonight and kind of just gave me a little like slap in the face going, well, it doesn't matter about a big ending. But what I actually want you to share and why I put this on your heart to share is because my church needs to hear it. And so this, what I'm about to talk about around boasting in God, 
might seem simple. It might seem like we do it. But I really believe that God wants this church to hear it this evening and to take it on. And, and it's a lesson for me. And the more seriously I think about it, rather than just a nice point that we should apply, it actually goes quite deep into our culture in terms of church culture and how we talk that I think we actually do need to hear. So it's not a big point. It's not long. I'm not going to give you 10 different illustrations of how it works. It's quite simple. But I pray that you hear it this evening. 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says this, God has united you with Jesus Christ. For our benefit, God has made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He has freed us from sin. Therefore, the Christ, uh, sorry. Therefore, the scriptures say, "If you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. Boast only in the Lord. When you're talking up something, boast only in the Lord." The message puts this in another creative. Um, I love the message because it it. It kind of just brings it from another angle. And before this verse, the message really uh, shows how we come from a place where we're a nobody, pretty much. That before God does work in our lives, that we can be counted out. And I know the story of my life. I felt useless. I felt like I was a nobody. I felt like I, I, I wasn't, you know, special or anything. But this is what the message says in the same verse. That makes it quite sorry. That makes it quite clear that none of you get by without blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, a fresh start, comes uh, from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying: If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. The word boast around there, which is the, the key kind of word that God put into my spirit when I was preparing to look into, is this word that I can't pronounce. I tried like several times. Um, so just bear with me. Kung kling my. Yeah, thank you. Um, I can give you the website where you can find the translation stuff and you can find out how you actually pronounce it. But that's really not really the important thing. The important thing is what the word actually means. And it's translated into the same word and uh, there's about three different English words that can translate into this word. And I looked uh, through the Bible about where this word was used and this word, surprisingly enough, is mostly found in Romans and Corinthians, and um, I kind of have a theory on that, but I won't share it. I'll cut that bit out of the message uh, this evening. But the words were rejoice, joyful, and glory. And so when that word can be translated into any of those meanings, is that we would rejoice in God and not ourselves. We would be joyful in God and not ourselves, and would give glory to God and, and not to ourselves. The reason why it's important to boast in God is this. 
Boast in the Lord because without Him you can do nothing for Him. All that you do for others comes out of all that you, all that Jesus gave for you. So what I'm really trying to say is that we probably need to change our speech a little bit. Man, we had a great light party uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was really incredible. We had the volunteers and all of that. But if we just go say, we had a great light party, that's kind of boasting in us as a church. We can put on a good event. But actually, we can put on a great light party because God came and died on a cross. He uh, he did a work in Elena and Ashley Bennett's life. It gave them grace and gave them gifts and talents so that they could put on an event. God gifted the church the finances and the resources to put it on for the community. God made it possible that our community would look at it and be drawn to it. And so... It's not that saying the event or taking it off anything. It's acknowledging God and what we do. And so often I've talked about events. Camp was awesome. But camp was awesome because God's done a work in Nicole's life. Where God's grace has been abounded. Where God's drawn uh, Nicole into this house to be a blessing to this church, to, to run, uh, to get things together to put on a massive event, but it's God that has put Nicole in that place. Nicole is a gift to the church from God. And that's just as honoring to Nicole as it is to God. Camp was really awesome because what God did through the messages, and that's not because I'm a good speaker. That's because God really wanted to communicate to our young people. And so what has your language been about? Have you talked up things and, and kind of discounted God from it? Honored man before honoring the Lord? Because I know I have. And thinking about that is what would change? If we were to start talking to the community when someone goes, oh, what does your church do? Oh, it does awesome events. Or, man, God's given us these awesome people that are able to do awesome things. Man, the, the gifts God's given our band to, to play music is incredible. I wonder what that would do differently in our community. I wonder what mindsets that would shape uh, into, where, uh, into what we do. God's goodness is all about grace. When we give goodness, when we do things in the community, when we're in our workplaces, when we find ourselves um, living out the goodness of God, it's all because of God's grace. There's nothing I do that's good for God that hasn't come from the grace of God that He's shown me. It's just impossible. And so often do I go, man, I tried really hard. I did really well. You know, I mean, I just planned an event. It was awesome. And not actually, God, man, thanks, God, for the work you did in my life so it's possible for that to happen. 1 Corinthians 
4, 7, it says this. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And everything you have is, oh, sorry. And if everything you have is from God, why do you boast as if it was not a gift? If everything you have, every talent you have, every ability, every uh, wise decision you've made, if that's not by the grace of God, if the, oh, sorry, if that is by the grace of God, why would we boast in ourselves for that? Paul uh, kind of talks in 2 Corinthians, kind of from a different angle, which I quite like. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in my weakness. So I am now glad to boast in my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. That takes it to a whole new angle. Is Man, I know God's so good that wants to come through in my weaknesses. So I'll boast that I have weaknesses because that's where God goes through. I'm a terrible reader, <laughs> right? In my preaching, um, I have to practice over and over again. So example, if I'm speaking like I was speaking tonight, I came down here at like 2.30 in the afternoon to read over and read over, read over. And that's why I don't get long paragraphs and long passages of Scripture because I'll just lose myself. Um, but I can boast in my weakness that that's the fact, but God's given me a grace above and beyond that. And, and when, I, when I put the practice, when I put the effort in, I know that God's going to come through on that. And uh, there's times, uh, many times when I muck up my words when I'm speaking. But I boast in the goodness of God that I know His Holy Spirit's working in and through me because of His goodness, because He wants to communicate to His church. And that's what we need to be able to do as a church, is highlight what we do, but boast in the goodness of God. Boast in His work. Boast in His grace. A boast and activate church. That our God has given us incredible leaders with vision, that Sheridan, I boast that Sheridan did a work within his life and showed grace to Sheridan so much that he could come and he could lead us. I boast in a great leader that's encouraging Pastor Ray, that Pastor Ray has, uh, sorry, that God has put gifts inside Pastor Ray that will build and to lift people up, that he's a gift to the church. I thank God. I thank God for my youth leaders. Well, they're not my, our youth leaders, but I thank God for the youth leaders. I thank God for Jono. That old band, you guys can come out. I thank God that, that about two years ago, have you been leading for that long? No, a year ago, that God did a work within Jono's heart and called him out called him out, gave him gifts and ability that lift and value youth, that God put a commitment in his life where he says, man, I value the time I spend at youth and I make sure 
that I'm committed and, and valuing. I thank God for what God's doing in your life. I thank God for Nicole. I really do. Um, not that I don't, you know, but I thank God for Nicole that God's doing a work within her life, that she's got the strength and the commitment, that God's got gifts and abilities uh, for her uh, in her life. I thank God for Liam. I, do you know one thing that's awesome about um, what God's done in Liam's life? Is that he's so committed to his church that he actually left for three months in the middle of the year or two months or a month or something, whatever, to go teach little carvies how to drink uh, milk. And... Um, you know, it came back the next day, was back in youth. I thank God for the commitment, uh, the grace, and uh, what God's done in your life that you could come back and get straight back in and serving the Lord. And I thank you for that. And I could go through all of the leaders, but because we're running out of time, I won't. But I thank God for Community Link here at this church that He supplied the resources, given us government contractors so contract so that we can go and mentor youth. That's from God, and I boast about that, but I boast in God for what He's doing. I thank God for what He's doing in young adults, that He's shown His grace upon so many young adults that are passionate, and half of them lead in youth, and I thank God for their commitment, but just being able to see other young adults pursuing God because of the grace that He's shown on them. I thank God for our intermediates, the passion that He's instilling in them, that they're coming alive in their faith because of what God's doing through through Muller and the compassion and the grace that He's shown upon Muller to be able to lead people in that way. I thank and boast in God for how good He is and what He's doing. I boast in the people of our church. Wow, sorry, boast in God for the people in our church. That, our ch- that God is doing such a work within our church that our people are stepping out in faith to give cars away. To hear the voice of God and God showing His grace and His power in through people's lives to, to pray for them for healing. To, to speak a word of knowledge when they hear it. Church, if I could get you to stand, that would be real good. And in all fairness, before I started writing this message, I was definitely like, yo, thanks God for everything you do. You're awesome. But I actually never stopped to realize how much God is in everything we do and how much we actually need to thank God that we can stand here in His presence and in worship. We can stand before gifts that He's poured out on His church and music. You know, that mind shift between talented musicians and a gift from God, a gift for His church. And so if you've been challenged, I just like to, to see your hand. And really, I just want to see your hand because I want to see if, man, we actually do need to up our speech. I know Tyra's actually like, I told you so, because Tyra's like so good at doing this. You see her Facebook and she's like, man, God, you're awesome all the time. She's like, you should probably like fell asleep halfway through the message going like, oh yeah, I knew all that. Nah. 
<laughs> but I thank God for Tyra and actually that she's got this. But for the rest of us, how much is this? Like, if this has been a bit challenging, put up your hand. Awesome. Okay, so Nicole and Erin, that's real good. Um, but can I pray a prayer that maybe our language and our thought would change? That as we we're talking about the church, we would really start to boast in God. That God is actually doing incredible things through our church. And uh, so if you'd like to receive and, and just God to do a shift in your mindset, um, just open up your hands or however you respond to God. Dear Lord, Lord, I just come to you this evening. Lord, I thank you of what you did on the cross for us. Lord, I thank you uh, for, for your son. Lord, I thank you that, that every single gift we have, every single thing uh, we do that is for your glory, Lord, it's only because of your grace. It's because, of, it's because you loved us so much that you drawn us in to your purposes, to your will, and that we get the honour of walking that out for you. But Lord, it's all about your glory. Lord, it's all about what you're doing. And so tonight, Lord, I ask that you would switch our mindsets. Look, God, we would, when we see a gift, when we see somebody that's doing awesome things to you, Lord, we would first give you the glory for what you have done in their life. Look, God, that we would feel encouraged by just honouring people for what you're doing in their lives and them responding in faith. So tonight I just pray that you would give us that mind, mindset change and give us a little shift. And Lord, just had this sense from you that for the people that don't even speak anything out, Lord, I pray that those that are filled with bitterness or anything like that, Lord, that they would just begin to be able to see the positives of what you're doing. Look, God, their thankfulness would be on their lips. Look, God, their praise for you, Lord, God, would just ooze from their body. And so, Lord, tonight we just pray that our language would shift. Lord, we would honour you more. And uh, Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Peter. You're up. Jeez. Thanks. Thanks, Luke. That was awesome. What a challenge, Jay. Boasting in God. So how and what are you going to do to boast in God this week. Don't walk out the doors without thinking about it. Find one thing right now. In the next 10 seconds, what's one thing you're going to do to make a change this week? Cool. I hope you've got something that you're going to do. Uh, maybe something you're going to shift in your mind. Um, but thanks, Luke, for that. Thank you. Cool. Hey, well, we're going to finish with a song. But let me remind you, we are a purpose church. It's uh, one of our values. So uh, to, well, tonight, um, please be purposed in your giving. Uh, that we have giving stations uh, to the left of each foyer. So please be purposing your giving. We really thank you for those who give. Uh, and we encourage you to do so because it is a real blessing. And yeah, we thank you for that. So.
Aaron, why don't you lead us in a song?
Have a great night, church. <laughs> and if you want to register for, for the Oscars, go see Luke.